And today I want to discover and discuss today with some things that I think are very interesting concerning the subject of money matters. You know, to me right now, we're in a very strategic time as far as our economy, as far as we are, where we are as a nation, and where we are financially. And I'm amazed that at 2,300 plus verses in the Bible that Jesus talks about in the parables, money, possessions, and God talks about stewardship in so many different ways. The Bible's filled with absolute wise counsel when it comes to understanding how to handle money. Actually, the Bible discusses more about financial stewardship and honoring God financially than it actually does about heaven and earth. I think that's interesting. And of course, I like to say it like this in quoting Dave Ramsey, you must gain control over your money or the lack of it will control you. Isn't <laughs> that interesting? Ms. Linda sent me a note this week. She was a, an article she was referencing and had a quote in there for General George S. Patton that said this, I am a soldier. I fight where I am told, and I win where I fight. And I like that phrase right there, I win where I fight. And Pastor Peter Chapman last week, and his, and his thoughts and observations about the economy and where we are as far as economically, he said to me and said publicly that we're in financial warfare. And I agree with that. But how do we gain control, as Dave Ramsey says, over our money situations as unto the Lord, where it doesn't control us through worry and fear? Let's talk about today, just for a couple of minutes, being a faithful steward of what God has given you. Over here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, but I want to back up to verse number um, 14. Most people go to Philippians 4, 19. They start with verse 19, which I understand that. And verse 19 says, God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you'll, But you'll notice at the beginning of verse 19 is the word and. And so if you back up to verse 14, it says this. It says, nevertheless, this is the apostle Paul speaking. He says, nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my, distre uh, my distress, distress, verse 15, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church. Now, this is pretty sad. This is the Apostle Paul who wrote basically half of the New Testament, and believe it or not, I mean, he is the ultimate apostle and the ultimate missionary, and he makes this statement in verse number 15. He says, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. That's pretty sad, is it? not of Christians of the day. We're talking about the Apostle Paul, probably one of the greatest leaders in the body of Christ other than Jesus himself. And he says in verse 16, even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. And in verse 17, notice this. He says, not that I seek the gift, watch this phrase, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. I, that is an interesting phrase there, that he says that you're giving and the giving of this church that y'all have done corporately has come to me as fruit that abounds to your account, that we actually have an account with God. Think about that financially. I don't see that anywhere in the scripture, but he brings that. He says that fruit may abound to your account. And then verse 18, he says, indeed, I have all and abound and I am full and receive from Ephroditus the things sent from you. And notice what he describes here as the gift. He says, a sweet smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God and, everybody say and, 
and notice verse 19, now and my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ. So again, notice what's happening here. Biblical stewardship and managing God's provision begins with the fact that you are a giver and the best place to be a giver, in my opinion, of course, is the connection to the local church. And when you're connected to the local church, what we do specifically and what we've done for 18 years here at Metroplex Family Church is I take the combined giving, we tithe and, and try to give as much over the tithe as possible and uh, give to specifically eight to 10 organizations that I believe that we have accountability with or have accountability with us, we have a relationship with, and somewhat of an insight and in, in viewing into what that ministry is doing. Now, I realize a lot of churches can take their income of their church and give it to a whole bunch of different people, and you could write checks enormously as far as all kinds of amounts, but I believe in strategic giving, and I believe in being a good steward of the fact that we support organizations that somehow, some way, we have a relationship with, and we understand what they're doing with that money and doing with that funding, and actually understand the mission of the giving. And we're trying to capture here this principle that when you go to God concerning your own finances and you say, Lord, I want to thank you that my God, my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ, it's because that of what we're doing as a church family and funding the body of Christ specifically. And again, every year I review the ones that we're giving to, some we give to that we, you know, sometimes that changes and sometimes we modify that. For example, we gave to Pastor Bill Krause in honor of him last year in Family Community Church a pretty significant amount of giving to help them through the stabilization of that church family and their home going of Pastor Bill Krause and the transition with Pastor Marie being the pastor now and a lot of other factors as well as Bill Krause Ministries. This year it's a little different as far as that. But again, the stability that we showed and demonstrated to them was greatly appreciated and has brought them to a healthy place in 2023. And then, of course, last week, Pastor Peter Chapman, for example, we gave him $1,000 for his consulting. We didn't give it to him personally. We gave it to him as far as the three churches that he's going to be in in the next 30 days. Churches that need some assistance when it comes to accounting and team building and vision planning. And he's going to go in there and on our ability to support him and to take care and help those churches in different parts of the country. And then in a couple of weeks, we've got missionaries coming in from Lebanon, Matt and Julie Hadabah, who've been here many times before, and they come basically once a year. We helped planted that church in Lebanon. And so we're supporting them and helping them now, not only with the church plan over there that's actually growing. However, they're dealing with what just happened in Turkey and the earthquake there. And so we're going to help do funding to help them specifically to take that money as well as Samaritan's Purse, as well as the Billy Graham Evangelist Association, and help people specifically way beyond Burleson, Texas. And the reason I share all that is we're being good stewards of that. And you say, well, Pastor Brian, it's just I give 25 or 50 or I tithe 100 or whatever God has given me. And that's great. But when you take 100 here and 100 there and put it together and it makes a thousand or multiple thousands, then we send those together and we have that going out instead of just 50, 20, 10, 5, nothing wrong with those little gifts, but I'm saying we're doing a significant thing. And the point with me sharing all that is that you can come back and I encourage you please to take verse 19 and make it a part of your life as we go through this economy and say, my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. When you see the pictures coming from Turkey, know that you have a part that we're not necessarily given to the United Way or the Blue, uh, um, the, the, the Red Cross or anything like that. Nothing 
nothing wrong with those organizations, but when you give to this Samaritan's Purse, when you give to the Billy Graham Evangelist Association, when you give to Matt and Julie Hadabaugh specifically, your money's doing specific work with accountability, and it's doing it with the gospel in mind as far as helping people, not just humanitarian needs. Isn't that awesome? And that's what we and I, you and I have a part of as far as advancing the kingdom of God. And that's why it's so important to be a good steward of what God has given you. And I'm going to show you that in more ways in just a couple of minutes. Hey, turn to Colossians chapter 3. It's just right next door, Colossians 3.23. I've asked them to put this on the screen here in the New Living Translation. Notice what it says here. And this is the second point I want to make is simply this. If you want increase in your life, especially in the area financially, you've got to be a good steward or faithful what God has already given you. And what it says here in Colossians 3.23 is simply this. It says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. That's interesting, is it not? Notice what it says there. It says, do what? Work willingly, or one version, the New King James says, work with all your heart at whatever you do as, it, as though you're working for the Lord, not for people. I like verse 24. Check out verse 24. As it says this, verse number 24. If not, I've got it in the New King James. It says, knowing that you will from the Lord will receive a reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that interesting? Notice what it says there in verse 24. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. When did you get an inheritance? When you die, when someone else dies. When Jesus dies, already died for us, and he says that you can have an inheritance. What is that inheritance? That inheritance is so that you can be a good steward of the provision that God has given you in your life, and money doesn't control you, but you control it as unto the Lord. That's the beauty of what I see in the power of being good stewards to what God has given you and I. When he's given you something to do, you be a good steward over it to the best of your ability, and if you're faithful in that one area, for example, if you're faithful to manage $2,000 and you're asking God for 3,000, because you've been faithful with 2,000, you have the ability to have 3,000, right? Again, I see it as stewardship. I don't see it as the amount necessarily or the income that you have. People that make a lot of money can lose a lot of money. I've seen people that have no money and they're very content as far as, you know, the wealth. And some people that have wealth, they're not as, they trust in the wealth or their riches more than they trust in anything else. And then sometimes they lose it. I mean, there's all kinds of stories we could see from from, from YouTube to whatever about the people that have made it rich and people who have done this financially and done that, how quickly they lose it and money doesn't bring you happiness, but it will bring you things. It doesn't necessarily bring you happiness, but stewardship brings you a sense of purpose with your money. It gives you an also a legacy with your money. For example, I've already had money set aside for my children. I have things set aside for my grandchildren one day. I mean, I've done, I'm putting things in order to a certain degree in my own life so that they can have these things for the future. And again, it's not necessary that I'm leaving them with $1 million, would love to. It's more important that I'm leaving them with some basic things. But the most important thing is that they can find me a steward of what God has given me right now. And they can look back over my life and say, you know, my dad was faithful to do this and do that. And the main thing about my life is I want them to say that he was consistently consistent. Jesus says, is 
It says about Jesus in the book of Hebrews that he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's Hebrews 13.8. I want to say to Brian Jacobs, he's the same yesterday, today, forever, as far as consistent and growing in the Lord. Again, I know things change. We change. I don't have the hair that I had 35 years ago. This morning, somebody sent me <laughs> from Montgomery, Alabama, a picture of me when I was on staff at Christian Life Church, and I had a full head of red hair. Wow. It was awesome. And I was looking at, look how young I look and how strong and handsome I was. <laughs> and I'm thinking, would I want to go back? No, 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 no. I would not want to go back. I am thankful for who, where I am. I'm thankful for what I'm doing. And I'm thankful for where I'm going, and I'm not looking back, I'm looking forward. But you know, I look back also at that moment and thank God that he's taught me to be a good steward of where I am today, a far better steward today than I was then. And when you get into this place of stewardship and you get into a partnership with God as far as, as, as George Patton says, you're learning to fight and being a soldier and you're, and you're fighting where you've been assigned and you're winning that battle and saying, Lord, I'm being a good steward of my money, not necessarily that I'm just you know, wanting to be rich, but I am thankful for what I have and honorable what I have. I'm telling you what, it not only pleases God, but it brings peace in your life. Hey, let's look at a verse of scripture here in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter number three, excuse me, Proverbs, yeah, Proverbs three, nine. And as you were doing that, Mr. Anderson's going to prepare to come on up here. Proverbs chapter three, he's sharing about a biblical principle once I get through this one of uh, having a, an emergency fund. And then Richard Moore next week, he doesn't know this, but he's getting it, finding it out now. <laughs> he's going to be sharing about uh, how, to, uh, how to tackle a mortgage situation and honor God and the discipline there on how to address that and not let it overwhelm you, but actually be in control of it. So Richard will be doing that next Sunday, and Misty's going to help him do that in Jesus' name. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 3. The reason I'm saying that is because Richard doesn't want to get up here, but at the same time, he needs to get up here because Richard does have insight into that, and uh, we appreciate that insight. Hey, notice what it says in Proverbs 3, 9. It says, honor the Lord. Everybody say honor. Honor the Lord with your possessions. That means everything, your car, your house, your whatever. Honor him. Honor him. And that means also take care of your vehicle. <laughs> I'll never forget in Montgomery, Alabama, I had to go back. Mr. Anderson, there was this guy I was rooming with. This is, of course, way back in the days when I wasn't married, of course. We were rooming. And I just got so tired of, I read this verse and Walter just came alive to me. And I went out to the parking lot in front of our uh, <laughs> in front of our apartment complex, and I cleaned his car out. He had trash bags everywhere. His name was Tim, and I said, Tim, you have got to be stopped being so messy. So I detailed his car. I washed it. I cleaned it all out. I even waxed it, and I threw every piece of trash in there away. I even threw his car keys away that he had in there because he didn't even lock it because he was so ashamed of his car because it was so dirty. He didn't even lock it. He thought if anybody steal, stole it, they'd be doing me a favor. Anyway, I accidentally threw his keys away, and he got so mad at me, and I said, well, this simply this, Tim. I said, if you don't honor the Lord, you don't deserve to have a car. And uh, anyway, we got in a little fight about that. But I, you know what? I got the point across to him. And from that day forward, I never saw him with a messy car. But that's not the way to help people honor the Lord with their possessions. Don't do it like I do. But sincerely, honor the Lord. Be faithful with what you got. For example, if you do have a car, if you dedicated that car to the Lord, please keep it clean. Honor the Lord with that car. We have people in our church that will help you clean that car, okay? And make it look good. Honor the Lord with what you... Don't be griping and 
about you know what others have and say, I wish I had that. Be faithful with what you have and enjoy what you have. Enjoy what you have on the way to where you're going instead of being, you know, well, I wish I had a bigger house. Well, what's wrong with the house you have? Well, it just doesn't do me anymore. Well, hey, put a fresh coat of paint on it. Rearrange the furniture. Do something. But be thankful for what you have. And know this, that God does want to increase you, but be a good steward of what you have. Hey, I'm doing pretty good preaching today. Notice what it says here. It says, honor the Lord with all your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. So honor him. Honor him financially. Honor him with your life. I love this next verse of scripture, verse 10. Again, please forgive me if it, you think that it's just adding to it. It says, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow when you want. I like to say it like this, Mr. Anderson, that your checking accounts will be filled with plenty and your saving accounts will overflow with new increase. <laughs> Why? Why is that? Not because you're just looking for money. No, 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 no. Go back to verse number nine. What does it say? Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. Honor him on your job. Sincerely, folks, I believe if you work for a company, even though you may not like working there, I think you need to give it your very best. And if you can't, then you walk away. But you show up on time. You give 100%. You say, I got the meanest boss in the world. I understand that. I understand that. But that's not a reason why you can't do it as on the Lord. And if you need to change jobs, God will work out a pathway, and he'll take you to a better job. I promise you, he will. He'll close the door and open another one. But be a good, faithful steward to where you are. And trust the Lord that, Lord, you're my source as I work on this job. You're my source I thank you that my house is blessed even though there are things that need to be worked on and there's things that need to be done and there's always room for improvement. But I want to thank you that I dedicate this place to you and I give it to you. And I want to be a good steward of the budget that we talked about last time. As Dave Ramsey says, remember this, as Mr. Anderson, come on up on the stage, Mr. Anderson, or the platform. Dave Ramsey says, doing a budget means learning a powerful ancient word called no. <laughs> And when you learn to get that budget established and you learn the discipline to honor the Lord, then as Mr. Anderson's going to talk about in just a couple of minutes here about the power of having an emergency fund. Mr. Anderson, come on up. Let's give Mr. Anderson a hand. He's helped so many people along with Richard. Hello. Okay. There it wasn't you. me. It wasn't me either. <laughs> All right, Mr. Anderson, come on up here. Um, you know, you and Richard work with a lot of people concerning having a budget and establishing a budget. But within that framework of that budget is a word that you use constantly and consistently, both of you do, and that is the word having an emergency fund. Of course, when you live to listen to Dave Ramsey, you know, he will talk about an emergency fund or a savings fund. And listen, you say, well, Pastor Brian, I'm doing my best just to make all my, my needs. I understand that. But if you'll be a good steward and if you'll do this principle of having an emergency fund, then it will bring another aspect of peace in your life. And why is that, Mr. Anderson? Share this with us. Well, first of all, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light in whom there's no shadow of turning. He does provide for us, but he also gives us a will. And we have a choice of how we manage what God has given us, those resources. Yes, sir. Almost 50 years ago, I started a company called Restoration Financial Resources. And the purpose of that was restoring people to God's original intention. That's good. And uh, restoration of finances 
is as quick as just changing your mind. Mm. You can start tomorrow to do what you know is right. Um, we wouldn't think about uh, uh, having life insurance to protect our family. Yes, sir. Uh, to provide for them an inheritance. We wouldn't think about having a home without insurance, a car without insurance. That's true. But there's no emergency insurance that you can buy. Okay? What is an emergency? Definition of an emergency is an unplanned event that requires a financial solution. Okay? If all of a sudden you have to go to the emergency room at the hospital, your insurance company isn't standing there ready to write a check. You have to pay for that emergency visit. And uh, if you're using every dime in your budget, then you, you can't meet that need. That's true. If there's an automobile accident, there's a deductible to mm -hmm. pay. If you have a claim on your house, there's a deductible to pay. Uh, there are all kinds of emergencies that come up just in living life. That's true. And some people say, well, uh, nothing bad is going to happen to a Christian. No, the Word says it rains on the just and the unjust. The key is, and this is a phrase I first learned back in 74 when I went into the insurance business, it says people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. That's right. So you have to have a plan that when things happen, you have a way of meeting it. And we're going to have a class here as quickly as we can in the next week or two to show you the different types of emergency funds that you should have and how to uh, achieve that. The Lord wants you to walk in peace. Absolutely. Amen. Okay. That's number one. And if you have an emergency and you get upset and you worry about it and you're fearful, then you're not walking in peace. That's true. But when it happens, if you've set money aside, it's kind of funny to say you need to be as smart as an ant. Because <laughs> in the Bible it says that even an ant knows to set aside. It does. And squirrels, you, I don't know if you saw that commercial, this squirrel had all these post-it notes <laughs> on the inside of the trunk of the tree to remind him where he had buried the, the nuts <laughs> for the winter, you know. And even a bear knows to overeat for a time mm -hmm. when he's going to hibernate exactly so his body can sustain during the winter. So God principles are in nature That's right. as well as it should be in our lives. But the biggest reason is this. In Malachi, if you go to the end of Malachi, you realize what God was saying. In the beginning, he says, return to me and I will return to you. And they said, what are you talking about? He said, you and even this whole nation have gone away from my ways of right living, right. okay? And in the end, he says, when you do what's right in my sight, yes. then you will no longer be a curse, but you will be a blessing to others. Mm -hmm. right. God wants to pour his blessings That's out right. on us so that we're in a position to bless others. Absolutely. There's a scripture that says, manage your affairs, they're talking about money, in such a way as you have some left over. So if someone comes knocking on your door in need, you can meet that need 
and you can be a testimony or a blessing to them. Amen. So as Christians, if we're managing what God has given us his way, then we're not only walking in peace when the storms come, but we're in a position to help others through the storm exactly. in their life. And that's the purpose of an emergency fund. That's good, Mr. Harris. It really is. And uh, the, the Lord woke me up one day this week about 4 o'clock, and for a solid hour I wrote out an outline uh, to share. And it's the different types of emergency funds and how to uh, achieve that and how to uh, plan your finances and manage the risk. So uh, we encourage you in the days to come, we'll Absolutely. announce that and uh, we'll have it here. Absolutely. But Thank be you, a blessing wherever you go. Absolutely. Let's give Mr. Anderson a hand. Thank you. And again, you need to start your emergency fund. If you, I mean, the goal is $1,000, right? Minimum, but you start where you are. If you can do a hundred, then start from there. And uh, again, it's building that fund and separating it from the other funds, right? So, as uh, Dave Ramsey says, take baby steps. That's right, take baby steps. And uh, one last thing, please. I have a definition of success that many of you heard me say over and over and over. Success is not having arrived. It's moving forward in the right direction. That is really good. Success, that's a good way of saying it. It's not a ride, but it's moving forward in the right direction. Hey, one last verse of Scripture I want to close. This is in Mark chapter verse Mark chapter 12. This is an interesting verse of Scripture I want to close with, Mark chapter 12. And again, most people or most ministers that share this talk about this one aspect, but I'd like to bring a different scenario here. Mark chapter 12, verse 41. This is Jesus in the temple, and he's watching the situation, and it says in verse 41, now this is really different. Think about this, or picture it in your mind for just a second as we close. It says, Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw the people that put money into the treasury, and many who were rich put in much. But notice what Jesus was looking at in verse 42. It says, This one poor widow came, and she put in two mites, which makes two quadrants. But then notice the verse 43. And so he called his disciples to himself, to himself and he said, oh, Surely I say to you that this poor widow has, get put more in all, has put more than all those who have given to the treasury. Verse 44. For they all put in out of, the, of their abundance. Notice this phrase. But she put out of her poverty or out of her heart all that she had. And I know that people would say, well, it's, you know, there's another principle there as far as Jesus is watching your giving. I understand that. But I want you to notice the phrase in verse 44 as I close. He says that he, she did it out of her heart. And as Mr. Anderson was talking about, as Richard has tried to work with people in the past, and we will continue to work with people in 2023, it's a matter of a heart issue. You being a good steward of where you are. You know, maybe... You don't have the $1,000 right now, as Mr. Anderson said, but maybe you do have 20, maybe you have 50. Maybe you have this and maybe you have that to start somewhere, to at least set aside in an envelope and put it away and say, this is, as Mr. Anderson said, this is my baby step forward. And not letting the world control you. Because there's a lot of information now coming out specifically this year as far as our economy, about the stock markets and about this and about that. As Peter Chapman said last week and as he referred to me privately about how things are coming and how do we be prepared for that? Let's go back to where I started and I'll close. Our God will meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ because we're doing and being steward of the best 
that we can concerning our own situation, our own personal situation, managing it the very best way we can, and then letting God be our source, letting him be our provider. I mean, I've operated this principle amazingly in my own life. I mean, a couple of years ago, there was just no way in the natural. How could I have paid for a quarter of a million dollar surgery and all that had to take place when I had that heart ablation, which was a success and brought me such enhanced health. But I'll never forget Bill Krause, my precious pastor, calling me as well as the people in this auditorium and those watching me and encouraging me. But he called me specifically one day and said this, don't worry about that quarter of a million dollars. God will supply every need of that because you honor him, he'll honor you. And um, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. And it, yes, it was a long journey, wasn't it, Mr. Anderson? We took a lot of baby steps to see that happen. But, you know, it did take place. And even though there's lots of questions about insurance and health insurance and life insurance and mortgages and all these questions about the economy and should I work, should I invest in the stock market or should I not? Listen, we'll help you find those questions. We'll tap into more resources. I would like to inspire Mr. Anderson and Richard to do more. I'd like to bring in other consultants possibly to support them. I want you to have peace in your life knowing that if you honor God, he'll honor you.